It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 356 of Locked On Raptors for Sunday, July 1st. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of LockedOnRaptors.com and RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode. Of course, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network. It's free agency. Every team is doing something, so make sure you're checking out the corresponding local show for every team that you're interested in. Uh, if you want to hear about you know, LeBron James meeting with Philly Brass, go check out Locked On Sixers with Keith Keith Pompey. You can check out Locked On Lakers to hear some tears uh, and, and weeping and uh, dumb Paul George takes, probably. <laughs> I'm not... I'm not I, I, that's not fair. Uh, not all Lakers fans are bad, but... Uh, if you want to hear some good tears, go listen to uh, Locked On Lakers after Paul George spurned the Lakers for the Oklahoma City Thunder. And you can check out Locked On Thunder as well to get the Thunder angle of that whole conversation and story as well. So make sure you're doing that. Find the shows on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. You can find Locked On Raptors on those places. And if you leave a rating or a review, it's the easiest way to support the show. It's uh, very helpful. It takes no time at all. Moves us up the rankings. We're over 100 ratings now, which is uh, very nice and very uh, you know makes me feel pretty good. So please continue to do that it really really helps and uh helps me inform the show as well when i read your comments and i try to uh you know build the show around what you guys want so please go ahead and do that uh all right on today's show it is a free agency edition we are recording at 12 51 uh eastern standard time on sunday july 1st so free agency stuff might happen as we are talking i'm not really sure but the big one is out of the way the toronto raptors have re-signed fred van vliet so we're going to talk about that and a whole bunch of other stuff on today's show with our pal vivek jacob how's it going man pretty good enjoying all the uh, world cup drama and all the free agency drama now both nba nhl everything's going crazy today so yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, TweetDeck is just like uh, a hellhole right now. I'm w- looking at like John Tavares stuff with the Leafs. I'm looking at ra- uh, NBA stuff with LeBron meeting with, I don't know, whoever, the the Sixers and the Lakers yep. and all those teams. And it's, uh, yeah, the World Cup adding another layer of insanity. It's a pretty crazy day. So uh, apologies if this is a bit disjointed. If stuff breaks in between, maybe we'll kind of touch on it. I'm hoping it doesn't. And for the Raptors' purposes, the big thing is out of the way. Fred Van Vliet. Is signed to a two-year, $18 million deal, first reported by Shams Terania of Yahoo Sports. And this is uh, this is awesome. This was the biggest concern, I think, that Raptors fans had coming into the offseason for good reason. Um, the only real sort of notable free agent, unless you are a big Bebe stan. And, you know, the Suns, I think, were the team that were kind of lurking out there with cap space and need that could have really sort of troubled the Raptors. They had the ability to maybe... You know, make a bit of an odious offer sheet towards Fred and maybe make it a little tricky uh, or kind of unjustifiable for the Raptors to match it. But last night, about an hour after midnight, the Suns decided to sign uh, Trevor Ariza to a J.J. Redick-ass deal. One year, 15 million bucks to come in and I guess be the dad of that team and kind of ruled themselves out of the Fred running because it ate up most of their available cap space. So the Raptors were kind of bidding against themselves, I think, at this point. And they ended up signing Fred to two years, 18 million 
Vivek, original or initial thoughts on the deal for the Raptors? Uh, I was pleased with the length of the contract more than anything. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, you look at, I, I think one of the things that I was always looking at was uh, how much money the Raptors were going to potentially commit to Lowry, DeLon Wright, and Fred Van Vliet. Mm-hmm. And obviously Lowry's contract will be up in a couple of years, but I didn't want too much money committed to DeLon Wright and Fred Van Vliet just because of their potential ceilings. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now with the length of the contract, the two years, obviously you pay a bit extra to get the shorter term. Um, so I'm really happy because of the flexibility that's going to be coming up in two years. Yeah, for sure. The flexibility is, is key. Tim Bontemps uh, made a note of that, uh, tweeting today that the Raptors have pretty much clear books for when Giannis becomes a free agent in 2021. Uh, you know, I, I think it's pretty clear that the Raptors are going to try to make it run at Giannis at this point. The, the rumblings have been loud enough, and it's been enough of a thing that we've talked about. So that's something that it seems like the Raptors are building every contract they sign around. Uh, and yeah, with Fred, it kind of just makes sense for all parties, I think. It's a bit of a... You know, the Raptors might have paid a little bit more than we expected annually. You know, $9 million a year, I think the, the mid-level exception of like 8.5 was kind of what I thought might be the top level of what Fred was going to get. The Raptors yep. pay a little extra. They get the shorter term, as you said. And, like, they didn't have to do this for Fred, right? Like, they didn't have to give him $9 million a year. Fred probably didn't have that much of a market out there. People were scared of, like, the magic, I guess. But I didn't really envision Jeff Weltman throwing an offer sheet at a Masai Ujiri player. I, I just don't think that's really how he would roll. Um, and the, the Raptors were kind of bidding against themselves, I think, here. And, you know, they could have said, all right, Fred, here's four years, uh, maybe a player option at the end of, like, at, like five or $6 million a year. What else are you going to get? And, like, maybe he takes some time to sit on it. Maybe he doesn't get anything else and he ends up with that but the Raptors instead give him nine million a year and now it's kind of like a two-year bet on yourself deal for Fred because in two years time the a as reported last night by Zach Lowe and others the salary cap is projected to spike quite a bit again in the next couple seasons from 102 or so million this year to 109 next summer and then 116 the summer that Fred will become a free agent. So if you're Fred, you're looking at, you know, you get two more years to sort of build your resume, to sort of build yourself up as someone that maybe a team out there would be like, all right, let's pay this guy to be our starter uh, or give him, you know, just really good backup money or whatever it is, longer term, whatever. And you're coming into free agency at a time where the cap's going up again. And we've, we saw in 2016 what happens when the cap goes up, people go insane. And also in 2021, 2020? Yeah, 2020. You're going to be looking at a, a landscape in which all of the really bad deals signed in the last cap spike are kind of over. So there's going to be a lot of teams flush with money and a lot of cap space probably to go around and Fred's going to be able to take advantage of that. So I think it works out for him. And I think the thing I like about this most for the Raptors, and you touched on this with not really wanting to tie up too much with DeLon and Fred, if you kick the DeLon extension down the road, if you don't extend him this summer, if you let him play at his fourth year, you pick up his fifth year option or, or whatever it is, you extend him the qualifying offer for that year, sorry, I'm thinking football in my head with 50 year, year options, um, <laughs> you extend him the qualifying offer for that year, maybe he takes it, maybe he gets an RFA deal somewhere, I don't know, but if you can have DeLon and Fred both expire and hit unrestricted free agency that summer of 2020, when Kyle Lowry's deal comes off the books, you can kind of sit there and make a decision as to who you want to invest in long-term as your starter, right? They're not stuck having to have Fred or DeLon well past when Lowry's going to be done with the Raptors and say, all right, like, I guess this is going to be our starter. They can reevaluate two years from now and say, all right, like, these guys are clearly backups. Maybe one of them has starter 
potential, who knows? And maybe we can give the reins to one of these guys or both or neither to be the next point guard after Kyle Lowry. I think that's kind of a perfect little bit of business for Messiah there as well. Um, anything else on this deal that uh, is interesting to you? Um, no, nothing too crazy. I think, you know, the flexibility that we talked about, the positions between the three point guards on the Raptors now. Um, I guess the other part of it is, you know, what do the Raptors think of Norm now? Yeah. Uh, and have, having that money committed. And obviously now with the July 1 uh, timeline having passed, his contract's worth a whole lot more. So um, moving, moving him, I don't know if in some ways it, it might be a bit easier just because of the money. Um, and so that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out now. Uh, are the Raptors going to look to make a move um, and package him with whether it's one of the four? I, I still feel, I don't know why, I just have this inkling that one of the four between, um, actually I should say one of the three because I think Jonas Valanciunas is pretty safe under Nick Nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think someone between Lowry DeRozan and Ibaka will be gone. Uh, before next season begins, um, obviously the only way uh, Masai does that now is if he can still maintain the flexibility for twenty twenty. Because I think you know it's pretty clear that the Raptors are banking on that now. So um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting time now uh, between now and say the end of August to see what happens. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Yeah, the, I think the thing that I'm most interested to see now is if maybe the Raptors are completely done. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if this is the last thing that we see from them aside from some filling up the roster uh, on the margins type of moves because... I think it's justifiable to say, like, yeah, maybe we just pay the tax next season. And with the pivot point next summer, with Serge and Kyle becoming expiring and being more easily moved at that point, maybe we can afford to pay the tax for one season, even if it's not, you know, a title-winning team per se, and sort of reevaluate next summer, maybe get off some contracts. It'll be easier to move next summer without having to attach actual assets to do so. Um, so I think that's totally in play right now. Zach Lowe tweeted the figure earlier. The Raptors are about $13 million over the tax line. So getting rid of Norm and his 10-ish million isn't even enough to get under the tax. Obviously, it dampens the tax payment. I think it's something like $25 million that they're due to pay right now in tax on top of everything else. Um, but, like, I, I don't know, to sort of see what you have and not give up on Norm too soon and not have to attach another first-round pick to get rid of Surge, I think it might be worth it just to sort of run it back, especially, and we can talk about this, if LeBron ends up going west and you're looking at your team that just won 59 games and it's pretty much the same, 
yes, the playoffs didn't go well, but you know, I think there's lots of reason for optimism as well. That could be a better team all around next season, maybe not win-wise, but just with internal growth from guys like Fred and OG and Pascal, I think you can maybe justify the way that we thought would be sort of the, the level of team that would be, would be required for MLSE to say, yeah, we'll pay the tax. Like, this might be that kind of team. Because if it, LeBron's not in the East, there is a path there whether, you know, yes, Philly and Boston are going to be very good and they're going to be improved and they're going to be healthier, presumably. But there's a path there that doesn't have LeBron in the way, potentially, if he goes West. And that might be worth paying the tax. I just think they should do it. And reevaluate next summer it's not like if they pay the tax they're destined to pay it again next year and the year beyond that um they can avoid the repeater penalties if they really want to and if this doesn't work out this season and just for the sake of not giving up stuff just because and not giving up stuff that has to be attached to other assets i think that might be the best way to go forward unless you can find a deal where someone's taking on norm for you know an actual return but again that becomes harder as you mentioned because his new deal is kicked in as of this morning so um that's going to be interesting to watch I don't know. I'm kind of the trade thing. I don't see it particularly being particularly likely. Um, oh my God, John Tavares is signed with the Maple Leafs. All right, uh, I'll chill out. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? I thought you were just gonna hang up. No, no, no. We're good. Uh, that's pretty awesome, though. Uh, yeah, John Tavares is gonna be on the Maple Leafs. That's pretty exciting. I'm gonna close Tweet Deck because it's stressing me out. <laughs> So, uh, trades. You mentioned you think one of Kyle, DeMar, Serge will be traded by the time the season starts. Um, what makes you think that? Who do you think is the most likely? And has anything that's happened since the start of free agency changed how you think about that? Has it informed that at all? Um, with regards to a move? Yeah. Uh, I, just, I just feel like... Um, with some of the stuff that Nurse has said about being as innovative as possible, um, I do think some of that does need a change in the core. Um, you look, you looked at Ibaka the way he struggled to sort of fit in. Obviously, it was the first season that he was playing in this democratic type of offense, and so he really struggled to make reads and uh, you know sort of get on the same page as Lowry and DeRozan and Valanciunas. And so you look at the difference between. Valanciunas, uh, you know, being asked to do some of the things that he wasn't being able to execute so well, and then you look at Ibaka's struggles. Um, I don't know if if the Raptors are serious about also winning in this two-year window before uh, all the money frees up. Then I, I, do, I do think that I think that's the main thing that has me thinking that there's still another move com- coming. Mm-hmm. Um, because the, on the other side of it. Um, I do think that maybe part of the reason why the Raptors were willing to go this route with Fred VanVleet pretty quickly as well is maybe on some level they do think that LeBron is going out west, and so the East is that much more open. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think on that in, on that front, if LeBron does end up uh, with the Lakers, uh, I think there's still a lot to play for here in the East for the next couple of seasons, and then obviously. The Raptors will make their run at whoever um, they think is best in 2020, and you know whether that's Giannis or uh, whoever it may be. Uh, it's going to be a fun time uh, to see the Raptors really make a push for a big free agent. So, uh, but yeah, in terms of winning now, that, I think that's sort of my main inkling as to why a deal uh, will still happen. Right, right. See, I 
I I think that what what's going on in LA is kind of maybe changed how I'm thinking about what might happen here. Like I don't think a move is going to happen, but if things fall a certain way and we saw Paul George spurn the Lakers, didn't even meet with them, sign with OKC. Maybe LeBron looks at the Lakers without Paul George and this sort of up in the air Kawhi thing and says, maybe I don't want to go there. Maybe he ends up staying in the East. Maybe he stays in Cleveland or goes to Philly. Maybe that's when the Raptors look at what they have and say, all right, well, now there's LeBron on Philly or LeBron on Cleveland again. Maybe they get better somehow. I don't know how that would happen, but, uh, you know, LeBron being in the way is a problem. The Celtics, whatever. Maybe that's when they look at their sort of lot in life and say, all right, maybe we try to trade DeMar in a panic deal to the Lakers. And it's not, not a panic deal from the Raptors' perspective. It's a panic deal from the Lakers, right? And the Lakers sort of saying, we struck out on all these guys. Maybe that's sort of the move that we throw all of our chips in in for. I don't really see, you know, like Lakers fans have been losing their minds at the potential of this, but um, I, I do think that's sort of maybe on the table if things break a certain way and the Lakers completely strike out. And that was always going to kind of be the case, right? Like, I never really saw the DeMar trade happening before all the dust settled and you could kind of potentially move that deal and get some stuff, substantial stuff back after a team has struck out on all their biggest targets. So that's the one deal I could see still potentially happening. But other than that, I just, I don't see a surge deal materializing because there's no room around the league and no one's going to want to take that. And I don't think the Raptors are happy about potentially giving up, uh, you know, another asset to move off a contract that they just recently signed, um, especially when next summer maybe it's more movable. And then with Kyle, I just don't see Kyle getting traded. I think having all these guys, like the, the two-year deal for Fred signals to me that the Raptors are very much in on this window. And, you know, I, I just, I would not be shocked. And I think I'm kind of expecting it now that, that for them to just run back this team and pay the tax um, and be fine with it and just sort of, and it's like, it's not like like if they go into the season over the tax it's not like they have to pay the tax either right they can always if they're under the tax by the end of the season then that is what gets taxed and that's what's that's what matters so if they can get right. off a deal midway through the year if things aren't going particularly well and, and that's a time when they try to unload somebody maybe that's when they do it i just it doesn't feel like the market is particularly robust for any of these guys right now um and, and again that can kind of change as things happen throughout the conference but um, and throughout LeBron's free agency stuff and with stars or whatever. But I, I just I don't really see it being particularly likely that they move somebody right now because the market seems kind of dead. Yeah, I mean, I see that side of it too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, logically, I think you're right. Um, I think this is more just a hunch on my part and just a gut feeling, that's all. Yeah, fair enough. No, that, that's, that's, that's totally fair too. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but really the first words you want to say are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And trust me, as someone named Jake, that is a fact. That's the phrase that will help you feel good knowing that you have people who can help you find the right coverage for the things you want to protect. Insurance doesn't need to be complicated with a State Farm agent. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits you because your situation is unique. And State Farm is there to help you feel supported with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. And when you need ways to get help, don't yell or be angry because State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com or their award-winning app. State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Um, we should probably talk about a couple other things going on. I guess 
that cap spike. Did we talk about it? I'm 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 at a whack right now. I've had like three coffees this morning and I'm uh, all over the place. Um, the cap spike. Yeah, it's, if it's gonna go, gonna go up to 116, I think that also kind of implies that maybe it doesn't imply. I just think it maybe makes the the a little easier to stomach for the Raptors to pay the tax this year. Um, so there's that. I guess uh, Paul George. Let's go to Paul George. Thoughts on Paul George um, spurning the Lakers and signing with OKC. Yeah, I, I think that shows the value of buying into a guy into his final year, right? I mean, everyone had Paul George going to the Lakers. Yeah, um, There was just so much talk about it. And it just shows that if you create a positive culture, and I think this is where the Raptors continuing to win and not sort of just going into tank mode can be productive and actually help you sign a big free agent where mm-hmm. you know you've created this winning culture you're a franchise that's associated with winning um, obviously on the thunder side of things it helps that you know they have a guy who's won mvp and um is considered one of the best players in the league um so obviously that helps but I, it just shows the value of winning and so why would you want to leave that situation and you know it, obviously on some level he believes that uh he and russ can be a deadly tandem to deal with and you look at the defenders that they'll be bringing on next season you, you look at Roberson back you look at Jeremy Grant maybe taking another leap um, what happens with Mello will be interesting because obviously he wasn't at the party so uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I, I think that's the next thing you got to see what, what happens with him obviously I, I don't think this stretching him would be a good move because um, that's a lot of money over the next five years uh, to have just stretched so if there's some kind of buyout that they can get to and move on from that uh, I think that that would be better for them um, so yeah I, I think it just shows the value of you know having a winning foundation and a franchise that's stable uh, mm-hmm. whereas the Lakers you know they're swinging for the fences but who knows uh, we still don't know yet what's going to happen with them yeah, fair, fair enough. And, and I, I just today is a very good day for anyone who uh, is exhausted by Lakers exceptionalism, um, and like Lakers fans berating Paul George for exercising his agency and staying somewhere that's not LA, and just like losing their goddamn minds last night. It's uh, it's beautiful. I love it. <laughs> and yeah, like people are calling like Paul George dumb for staying in OKC. Like, miss me with that. Like the dude, if he's happy where he is, it's like. Be happy where you're playing. And I think, yep. you know, if one thing that we're seeing this summer that I kind of like, it's that maybe guys are kind of maybe moving away from the whole ring chasing idea and the idea that you have to win titles to sort of achieve happiness because we're seeing Paul George stay in OKC, a team that just lost in the first round to a team led by a rookie. Um, and we're seeing LeBron, like, maybe not pick the best basketball situations unless he goes to the Sixers, but even then maybe it's not. And sort of just opting for happiness. Like, I think that is a, a noble pursuit for these guys, and I hope we see it more because... Um, rings culture has gotten a little too intense for me and uh, yeah so it's a good day for people who are not rings or bust and a good day for people who are sick of the Lakers fans being uh, just completely obnoxious and really nothing will be more beautiful to me than the Lakers missing out on everybody and just signing Boogie Cousins I love Boogie Cousins but that'd be really funny to me um I don't know. I, apologies for losing my goddamn head here <laughs> the Maple Leafs just signed John Tavares I'm very excited uh Anything else? Any other uh, nuggets we should uh, touch? Uh, the nuggets. Are they going to get LeBron? Uh, stay tuned. Um, any other things you want to touch on before we wrap this thing up? 
Um, no, you, you know, I mean, just in terms of that, like getting guys on the final year and just having the opportunity to show them what your franchise is about. You look at the Raptors tried to do that with both Serge Ibaka and P.J. Tucker. Obviously, they were able to keep Ibaka, but they were yeah. really close to bringing back Tucker as well, right? Yeah. He came down to Houston and Toronto, and uh, the Raptors offered more money. It just He just ended up choosing Houston, which, you know, based on way, the way their season went, you can't blame him. Yeah. So um, I think... That, I think that's one of my biggest takeaways, the value of getting a guy on that final year. And if you have a good culture, if you have a good team in place, and then you have a real chance to convince the guy that, you know, that is the right situation for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and I think that should be informing a lot of teams that are maybe being hesitant about offering the Kawhi Leonard godfather offer. And Yeah, exactly. Honestly, like... The Raptors, I guess, aren't a team that's really in this running because they don't have the assets that other teams do. Although if other teams are being reticent to offer their best package, maybe that's where a team like the Raptors or some other team that doesn't quite have the store of assets that the Sixers or the Suns or the Celtics or the Lakers do. Like maybe that, that, I don't know. I, I feel like this whole Kawhi thing and the injury thing kind of complicates it a little bit. And Kawhi is definitely a different kind of cat than a lot of people, it seems. But um, betting on your, like, do the Fred thing. Bet on yourself, man. Bet on your own culture. And a team like the Raptors has spent so much time building its own culture that even if it's not a Kawhi thing, like, that's not going to happen in all likelihood. But, like, even just going forward, I think betting on your culture when you've put the time and investment into building a culture, I think is a pretty good way for teams to go about things. And I'm honestly psyched for the Thunder. Like, I don't love the Thunder. I don't love watching Russell Westbrook. But it's such a cool thing that they were able to make that move. They got roasted for it all season long because Victor Oladipo became amazing and it seemed like a foregone conclusion that George was going to leave. And for them to be able to pull this off, it's uh, it's really amazing. Pull it off and also give Brian Windhorst a heart attack on live TV. Um, it's... Uh, it's all very beautiful, and it's pretty cool, and I, I like that there's, you know, I'm not like a huge, there's got to be parody kind of guy, but I like that different teams and, and sort of under the radar, small market teams are able to have success and hold on to good players. Like, I think that's a very nice thing for the league, even if ultimately it doesn't change who's going to win a title at the end of the year. Um, I, I, I'm i just happy for the Thunder. It's really cool. I'm happy for Paul George. He seems like he's happy there, um, and uh, yeah, that's all I have to say on that. Uh, if anything else breaks for the Raptors, we'll do another podcast. Uh, Bebe, of course, is a restricted free agent. We'll see if someone signs him. Um, is he restricted or unrestricted? He's restricted, right? Yeah, he was a first-round pick. He's restricted. Um, so he's the I mean, Malcolm Miller, Lorenzo Brown. These are the other guys we're talking about. The big fish is gone, though. Uh, John Tavares, of course. Um, of course, I mean Fred VanVleet. But yeah, uh, if anything else breaks, we'll do a podcast and sort of break it down on the fly. And uh, until then, thank you so much. Vivek, anything that you would like to plug right now? No, not, not too much going on. Actually, I'll have a story up on Tuesday. Uh, I was at the Canada-Dominican game, so I'll have something up on uh, Kelly Olenek right on. Uh, and just Team Canada experience. Awesome. Uh, also, if I haven't uh, made it known on the podcast, I'm going away on the 4th, uh, so three days from now, uh, for like 11 days. And while I'm gone, Vivek is going to be taking the reins of the podcast. Um, it's going to be much better than it is with me. Um, my scatterbrained and uh, not at all together ass. Um, no, you're very good, Vivek. I'm very excited that you're going to be able to uh, get some reps in running the show. So uh, stay tuned for that, people, uh, in the later part of this week and into next week. Um, I'll still have a few shows before I take off, but um, if you are sick of hearing my stuttery-ass voice, be excited for Vivek's soulful tones uh, in, the, in, the, in the coming days. 
Um, all right, let's wrap this thing up. I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. Uh, subscribe, rate, review on iTunes. It's very easy and, and nice and uh, helpful. And we will talk to you next time on Locked on Raptors. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 